I'm Keith. And I'm John. This is Plumadiddle. You're... Oh, man. Oh, you I, go. I, no, you I go. took you, Keith. Your somewhat reliable source of information. For most things. For most things, Keith. And, right, uh, you know, we've got a plethora of topic, a variety, a veritable... Let me think of another V word. No, let's don't. Victorious. Ver- yeah. <laughs> a veritable <laughs> victorious variety of right. stuff. So this one's a little different for us, Keith. We've been kind of... Um, Kind of cutting up and just having fun these last few. This is more serious. This is definitely a little more serious. And uh, I actually remember this, Keith. Why don't you tell us what we're going to be talking about today? We're going to be talking about Vernon Howell. Vernon Howell. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I, I, <laughs> yeah. didn't, I didn't know that. I thought we were talking about somebody else. <laughs> no, Vernon Howell, man. Also known as, a.k.a. David, David Koresh. David Koresh. Yes. All right. David Koresh and the Branch Davidians. Yes. So this was a, this was a serious time in our... History, right? As a matter of fact, I was within days of graduating from college when this was going on. That'll date me a little bit, but it was going on in April, maybe in March and April of 93. 93, yeah. So, some big stuff happened in 93. We had a blizzard in the south. Yes, we did. And we had a cult in Texas, right? Waco, we sure Mm -hmm. did. So, yeah, um, I remember that big storm, man. That was the blizzard of 93. That happened around that same time, end of April of mm -hmm. 93. Was it around the same time as this? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep, you're right. Okay, cool. All right. So what you what you got for us, Keith? Enlighten us about David Koresh. I mean, to be honest with you, I remember what I saw. You know, I have images. I'll, I'll just give a little taste right now. But I have images mm-hmm. of laying on my sofa at the Ridgewood Trailer Park in Auburn, Alabama. Okay. With live CNN coverage yeah. happening and this standoff going on for days and days and days. Right. And I was a little younger than you, but I do, like, as I was studying this and I saw the images... I recognized them from when I saw them when I was a child, you know. I was around 10, I think, so okay. that would date me a little bit there. Yeah, um, exactly. So anyway. Tell, tell us a little bit about Dave or Vernon. Yeah. Vernon Howell the third. He was born Vernon the Howell. That's Thurston. Vernon the Howell. That was Thurston's youngest son, wasn't <laughs> Vernon it? Vernon Howell. Who? Thurston Howell the third. Oh, sure. Come on, man. You don't know Thurston Howell the third? <laughs> no. Nope. He took a three-hour tour with Gilligan and the professor. Oh, okay. I got you. Thurston and Lovey. All righty. All right. So, so anyway. born in 1959 in Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. And uh, we know a little bit about his early life. He was abused as a child by one of his mom's boyfriend. Okay. So he had she had started dating this guy that got out of prison. I think he moved in with her, and you know, you know, it should have been a red flag. Not a good choice. Yeah, not not a great. Let's choice, get the felon into the home with the children. He abused David, and um, also we know that he was dyslexic, and so he okay. was in LD classes, learning disability classes. They used to have those I back then. You. Yeah, and um, so he uh, he was kind of a little lonely kid, you know. I got you. And he found solace in listening to preachers on the radio. All right, radio preachers. That can't be good, right there. <laughs> Some of them are good. Oh, I don't know. Try My not preachers to on the radio, radio man. Oh, okay, well, well, we'll say he's okay. But, but try, try to avoid preachers on TV being, and radios. It's just his sermon, though, being broadcast. So, I got yeah. you. Um, anyway, so his brother said that he would go into the woods for hours and sometimes even days at a time and in prayer, you know. So he was just this uh, lonely little kid who found solace in his religion. All right, so that's what I was going to say. We know as time goes on, we'll get into that here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, his religion kind of goes off the rails. It does. And creates some stuff. But so far as we know, basically this was just kind of 
a normal religious thing when he was a kid. Right, yeah. Okay. It didn't seem uh, harmful when he was a kid. I got you. Okay. Um, but there was this thing that happened that kind of sent him down a, a path of choices, I guess. Um, when he was 19 years old, he had a 15-year-old girlfriend. Uh-oh, that can't be good. Yeah, and he, he got her knocked up. Keith, <laughs> he did not knock up a 15-year-old. He did. They made bad decisions, and she was found to be with child. She was found to be with child, yes. And so, um, anyway, this was troublesome for him and he looked for advice from the elders of the church you know he was seven day Adventist and he was looking for advice from the elders and I think they just didn't really want to touch it you know they were it was kind of a shameful thing and I don't know if they wanted to be associated with it or probably what, not back then they wanted to be all religious about it instead of show some grace to him and it, help right. the guy out yeah and so they kind of just you know shunned him away uh, didn't want to help him and so he went and looked for advice elsewhere and this is the transitional moment right here all right he looked he heard there was a prophetess in this place called mount carmel in texas in waco okay and so he looked for out to see what she had from the lord for him okay and um they quickly made friends and there's a little bit of background there her name was lois roden yeah i know lois you, you know lois no, personally not really okay. but i just thought it sounded so, good yeah. <laughs> But uh, she was actually having some trouble in the church with some like some power struggle, and uh, um, yeah. yeah, and so like she actually found David to be like an ally, you know, somebody okay. that she could kind of get on her side on this whole thing. So she gave him a platform to preach his his message. I can't remember the name of that message, but so he started preaching though, okay, and uh, quickly become a prophet in the church. Okay, so she, I guess she had the power to establish him as a prophet, you know. Okay, I thought that worked like God did that kind of thing, but so Lois, yeah, so Lois d- yeah. does it in Texas. That's right. All right, all right. So she, so he has this opportunity now. He's gone from just belief to somebody showed him a little interest, and now he's got some. Uh, and he quickly uh, and rose to fame in the church within that church. You know, he okay. became a popular figure in that church. Okay. So well, Lois, she passed away, and then her son, um, Benjamin Roden. He felt like he should be the one who takes over, right? Oh, of course he does. Yeah, he feels like I mean, and, and I think she he was the one she was having problems with to begin with. I, I think he you. already felt like he should be in power after his father uh, instead of his mother Lois. You know, that's what you love. You gotta love some power struggles, don't you? In the church, exactly. In the church, yeah, exactly. Mm, yeah. So never uh, ends up well. Anyway, so when she died, of course, this kind of little battle ensued between him and David because a lot of people in the church thought David should be the leader and he had changed his name to David Okay, Koresh, that's what right? I was about to ask you. We started out with Vernon going mm-hmm. to see Lois and how, how did he end up changing his name? Did you find anything about that? I Where did. did become David Koresh? I did and this is kind of evidence of what he was trying to say. You know, some people say, well, he never really said he was the Messiah. Okay, let me guess. So we're talking King David. King David, Is that where yeah. he got it? So you've got a prophet, you got a Davidic king kind of thing. So, right. all right. So keep and, going. And uh, Koresh is actually the Hebrew name for Cyrus the Great. He was a king oh. who liberated the Jews from the Babylonian rule or from the Babylonian slavery. Okay. And so he was literally seen. Cyrus the Great was literally seen as a type of Messiah of the Jews. All right. And so um, just the name that he took being the lineage of David, David, and then 
a type of messiah the Cyrus the Great. That's a up to oh, what he okay. thought of himself right there, you know. So he thinks pretty highly of himself now. He does. He's bought into his own. He also said kind of things like he, like when he reads scripture, it's like he was there the whole time. He would say things like that. It's like when he's reading them, it's different than then when you read them. Just the peons. Yeah. yeah. Okay, of course. It so, it's, you know, it's a special information from God. You always got to be careful with people who say they have special information yeah, from God. Yeah, absolutely. The Gnostics said that. Yes, they did. And Paul had a little trouble with the Gnostics. He did, indeed. Beware of special knowledge. That is right. So, anyway, he had changed his name to David. Him and uh, Benjamin were having a power struggle. David still had a lot of support, but I, Benjamin run him off, like, with guns, run them off, said, don't come back. Oh. And, <laughs> the uh, people so, at the church like, yeah. ran them off with mm-hmm. guns. So they were exiled, David and, and uh, some of his followers. I think it was around 20, Oh, they 25. were exiled into the land of Egypt, Texas. Yeah, <laughs> Egypt, Texas. <laughs> I think there is an Egypt in Arkansas. There's an Egypt in Alabama. You know what? I recall that that's true. Yeah. So some Egypt and some state they were exiled to. Now, really, right outside Texas. of Waco, though, he was exiled to him and his followers, and they kind of... You know, lived uh, off the grid a little bit, you know, just waiting for their time. So eventually, uh, what happened was there was still a lot of support for David, even amongst the followers who are still in the church. Okay. And so Benjamin was having a lot of problems with this. And so he was going to try to nip it in the bud, and he challenged him to a resurrection of the dead challenge. Okay. <laughs> He so said, they're going to try to yeah, raise somebody from the dead. Exactly. He well, said, we're going to dig never, up this corpse, are you and serious? whoever can raise them from the dead will be the one who is, takes over the church. So what if neither one of them raises them from the dead? It didn't get that far, because old uh, David was a, a slick little fella. Okay, slick will. So he said, okay, let's do that. And then he called the cops and said, hey, this guy's messing with the dead, which is illegal. Okay. <laughs> so he tried to get him in trouble. <laughs> That's and so crazy, the cops, man. though, did not want to touch it. I guess they didn't. And so David and his followers just went and, and by gunpoint, took over, and there was a gun battle. What? And uh, so Roden actually got shot. Um, and then the, the cops showed up during the gun battle. And they were I had both, no idea about all this. Yeah, man. and they were That's both awesome. they were both arrested. And uh, David actually went on trial for attempted murder. Wow! It's the only time he ever was arrested for anything. I did not know that. Yeah, but there was something to do with the evidence or something, and the jury acquitted him. So it was like a mistrial, I think. And the jury that is him. crazy, dude. So, I had no idea about the genesis of the story. I remember a lot about it at that time, right? But no, you know, had no context or pretext or subtext. So not too long after that, a uh, we'll just finish off. Let's just finish off Roden. Let's just finish him off. Some guy uh-huh. come up to Roden and said, "Hey, I think I'm going to be a prophet or something like that." And Roden didn't like that he said that. I don't know if he thought it was blasphemy or what. The guy was nuts, right? Right. So he axed him in the head. He killed the him guy. With killed an axe. the rodent guy. No, the rodent killed the prophet. Killed the, the guy. other guy with an axe. Yeah. God, these are a bunch of freaks, man. And so then he went on trial, and they he ended up getting sentenced to life in a, a mental hospital. So holy cow! Spent the rest of his life in a mental hospital. So that is crazy. That was the end of rodent. So then David takes over the church, right? 
As you do when you the when the guy the axes somebody through the skull. Yeah. So was that the name of the church already when he was there? The branch. It was. Yeah, I kind of thought that was they called it that because of him, but it was already the name of it. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So what was that? That's not a Seventh Day Adventist thing. No, it's something that um, Lois's husband just made Mr. up. Mr. Roden had made up. Yeah, I okay. guess based on King David or something like that. Yeah. The Branch Davidians. Well, yeah. that's kind of interesting. Well, all right. So he's taking over the church. Right. At what point, what I'm wondering, we're already off the rails. The train's already on one set of wheels. Right. Not two. Okay. So And so. It's got to take a little bit worse turn, right? Yeah, it's got to. So I think probably where the followers should have took a step back and been like, wait a minute, (laughs) right? was when David come up with a special revelation from God. Okay, now... When you set yourself up as this guy who has special knowledge, yep. who, you know, and, and I'm the one who can tell you what to do, and then you're passionate about it, and you're this, you know, this person who just can really lead people into believing you, right? Because right. he, he was that type of person. Obviously a manipulator. Manipulator, right. So it, it come to the point where he could say crazy stuff, and they actually kind of go along with it. And so I guess he was smart enough to know that, hey, it's time. I can say something crazy. So there's no precipitating event. Basically, it sounds like his own pride. Yeah. His own hubris. Now, I say kinda. that. I say that, you know, he's a manipulator and that he just come to this time where, hey, I can say something crazy. But, you know, the dude probably really was crazy. And so maybe he's not thinking that way. Maybe so he's maybe just he's really just buying into yeah, his own crazy. Yeah, he maybe he really that he believes that he's getting this word from God. I don't know. You know, that's hard yeah, to tell. Yeah, that's true. We, and I'll tell really you, man. Know. We got to do something more lighthearted after this podcast. Yeah, that's why I was saying, man. We're going. We've got one coming up, man. I'll shout. I'll tell them what the next one's going to be. Okay. Just to shine a little light in the middle of this, the history of the bicycle. Yes. All right. So I'll be so glad to do that after this one because when you dive into the mind of a madman and start researching it, it gets pretty dark. You know. Yeah. That's why I said this is a little different for us. We're attempting to bring humor. Right. Into it, although this is a very serious story, but I think a very interesting story that the listeners will enjoy. Yeah. What you know, there's a lot to be said about here about belief, what you believe, who you believe, um, whatever your religious or denominational persuasion might be. Yeah. You know. Exactly. So Yeah, and and you know, you need to have some kind of litmus test to what you what you believe right. about what people say. And about your leaders. You know, you through know. you know, the book, the good book, and the Holy Spirit, you know, let's test out things, people right. say, you know? absolutely. All right, so anyway, he did have this special re- revelation, and this special revelation. Let's just see, John, if you would take a step back when he said this. He all said, right. okay, all the men in the group are now going to have to be celibate, and I am the only one who can procreate. Yeah, I'd be gone that next week. <laughs> I have celibacy Cel- is not what? my <laughs> Cel- what? celibacy is not my personal path. Right. Yeah. Although, so. although if a you know we know that that is a that is a time path. honored yeah. Christian path that uh, um, mm-hmm. generally you think of in terms of priests and monks and you know nuns. That's right. Sort of, I think the big difference though is that community it's, like that is voluntary. You know, it's, it's a not, voluntary. It's not thing. somebody else telling. Oh yeah, you, hey, they you have to take this. it very seriously. You need to take these right. vows very seriously and decide. Can you? Do you really want to do this? So this was um, more of a David command than a voluntary oh, yeah. thing. You know, right. saying this is what God said that you got to do. So all of you husbands, you're going to have to give your wives to me. 
Oh, really? And I'm going Boy, to he just dropped the bomb. procreate with your wives, you know, and some oh, of your Moses. children as well. And um, so, oh, man. yeah, it was, it was ugly. So that ain't no count. What he believed, his belief was, is in the book of Revelation, there's 24 elders over the the different leadership in the thousand-year reign. Right. He believed that it was his mission from God to have the babies that are going to be that the were going to be the elders. twenty-four elders. All right. So it was his. It was his Ooh, goal to have these twenty-four babies. He's getting all jacked up. Isn't yeah. So anyway, some of these wives that he took though were underage. I got different reports on the age, ranging from eleven to thirteen or fourteen. Mm, goodness gracious! And so, I think it's probably accurate right around twelve. And so definitely statutory rape, right? Right. Even if the mother. You know, yeah, that's gave it up. Stuff. You know, that's that statutory rape in the state of Texas. Child uh, abuse, child. All yeah. Kinds of stuff. So anything that's, ooh, that's horrible. And anything they did, they didn't do it legally. Like you know, when these marriages were annulled or he married people, there was nothing legal going on there. Right. You know, it was just like a spiritual thing or whatever. So, so there was some illegal activity going on. Plus, some other things was going on too. And it depends on what you believe. You know, both sides, you have survivors of this thing. There's about nine survivors, and they say that some of this stuff wasn't going on, but the FBI says, no, we have evidence and all this stuff. I got you. So let me ask you this. So some of the survivors' mm-hmm. stuff that you read, do they seem to still be Koreshians? Do they tend to look at him in any positive light? Yeah, some. Yeah, some of them believe that he was really from God, you know, and they're still kind of brainwashed, oh, wow, it seems. Man. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Keith. So all this happened in 93. So mm-hmm. what kind of time frame are we looking between the time that Koresh took over the Branch Davidians and the time that we have the standoff? Around 10 years. Oh, so yeah. it's a pretty good little while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he had all these years to implement well, these Well, I mean, things. that would be like from the time he got there, I believe, to the standoff. Okay. So several years. Yeah, though. several years. And we know at some point he's going to start um, hoarding up uh, guns, you know, get the old compound armored up so right where are we headed with that are you where, where okay we- so they knew he had guns um they would actually go i mean there's some things the fbi said that probably was not true probably Try, trying to build their case like they one of their biggest things was is that they couldn't get to him because well, he never came this. out but he did come out he went to gun shows to buy to sell to the buy guns a gun. well they were selling the guns to make profit for the ministry. So were they hoarding up all this stuff? Were they thinking, hey, there's going to be like this doomsday type thing and we're going to have to defend ourselves against Babylon coming to get us kind of thing? Yes, they were really big on the end times. Really big on it. And so, yeah, they they had an arsenal of weapons and they would make money by trading and selling these weapons too. There's also people said that they had seen where beakers and stuff like that were ordered so they thought they may have been Making meth in order to sell money, somebody or sell meth to make money. What I say? Sell money. Sell money to make meth. <laughs> Something like that. I don't, I don't even know. know now. Well, whatever. You know what I mean. But I know what you're um, saying. So anyway, and there was one witness that says something like David said that's a good way to make money. So these drugs, you know. So we've got the compound, right? Yeah. The thing. So did most of the people live there at the compound? Did people live out and come to the church? I mean, were they living no, their daily lives and working, yeah, or were they kind of all in their thing there? It was all in. Well, they yeah, they did have different jobs, but I think a lot of them lived at the compound. I got you. Um, I'm not sure if all of them did or not. 
Early in catch So up. he's got them behind the walls. He's teaching. Mm-hmm. He's brainwashing. What you know? How are things going? What are things looking like as we're going along here? Well, some things started to happen that started to shine light in the public to this place. Oh, okay, there we go. So Rumors heretofore, of, they are, there's nothing much been going on right. where people would have ever heard of them. So he he divorced, or his wife actually filed for divorce and got away from him, one of his wives. Oh, okay. I guess it was his main wife, you know, to start with. And she was in the news and stuff saying that he believes he's Jesus Christ, you know, and all this stuff. I got you. And um, she said there was child abuse going on. And so there's okay, these rumors there we go. of now's child where abuse. We get, now's where we get out. They of never prove child abuse. They never proved that, but they do know that he was, you know, committing statutory rape and hmm. um, just through his beliefs, you know. And also, they know he had an arsenal of weapons. And the main case that the, it was actually the ATF that yeah, first that. built the case. The main case they built was based on this arsenal of weapons that they had. And, well, they uh, must have had a pretty serious arsenal of weapons that you get the attention yeah. of the ATF. Well, you had a delivery man who came forth, too, and said that he delivered a box of grenades. Oh, okay. I got you. And so, you know, there was evidence of illegal weapons, an arsenal of weapons, that they were planning something, that they were dangerous. You know, you got the rumors of child abuse, which they couldn't prove, but you had the rumors of it, along with the arsenal of weapons, the grenades, along with possible meth lab, you know, I got you. This just it was just enough to get a warrant, you know. They had enough evidence to get a warrant. So they All got right. the warrant. All right. So the raid didn't go so well. I guess you know that. So the raid that ensued was based off this warrant that we're talking about now. Right. Or the standoff. So hit us up with that then. We're we're at the point Now when they first went it was I guess you could call it a raid. It was just a, they were just serving a search warrant to search the you. premise. You know, they didn't really intend to have this standoff like this, but shots were fired as they were serving it. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Do we know who did it? It's kind of like a Gulf of Tonkin accident that got the Vietnam War rolling. Hey, maybe they shot at this. Oh, maybe they were shooting at birds. Oh, maybe nobody really shot anything. Right. Well, you know, the survivors obviously say that the, the feds shot first. Of course they did. But the feds say... No, that's not the case. Of course, they you know. Exactly. <laughs> of course, they do. <laughs> exactly. They say the heli- the, Actually, the survivors say the helicopter shot first, but then the feds say, "Well, we didn't even have guns on the helicopter. It was just a surveillance helicopter." I got you. And um, anyway, fi- shots were fired. Whoever shot first, I, you know, who knows? Maybe one of the feds did get scared, and or I, I, I think they had a dog team. Dogs were coming up to attack them, and they shot the dogs. You know, the Branch Davidians did. The feds. Oh, the feds shot the dogs that were coming. Yeah. So shots were fired. It escalated. The Branch Davidians fired back, got into a gun battle, and then you're at your standoff. All right. Let's stop right there for just a second. Okay. Let's back up for just a second. Let me ask you this. So in terms of what Koresh was thinking, what his theology, did you find, did he have like a well-defined theology of what's happening? I know you said special knowledge from God. He's hearing these things, but did he have some overarching theme? I mean, what was his the story? Did it ever go into that, or did we not ever hear that much from him? In we didn't ever that? hear that much. I think he was setting himself up as like a person who was going to be a messiah in the end times, because they were big on the I end times, you. and he had set himself up as a messiah. He's going to birth these 24 children who are okay. going to lead the end times. You know? So the heathens have to see the truth, and the truth is, yeah. Koresh is the man. He's the Cyrus the Great. Right. 
Yeah. All right. So we're at the standoff, which started what in March, or did it start in April or end in April? Do we mm, know? I'm not sure on the dates. I know how long it lasted. It lasted. Total. I do too. I remember. I remember that it lasted 51 days. Right. And so the ATF had it for just a little while, because once uh, a federal employee gets shot, then it's the FBI's FBI. territory. So that the FBI quickly took over, and. Um, I think it was like another, I don't know, they had it for like 40-something days of the 51. It was almost the whole time the FBI was in charge. So I remember laying on my sofa mm-hmm. there where I lived with, gosh, who did I live with then? I think one of the fellows' name was Todd, and uh forget the other guy's name. But anyway, day after day after day, tensions building. You know, what did, did you find out anything about... uh were there any lines of communication at all? Were they trying to work something out? Or there, there was there was lines of communication, and um, see the Branch Davidians always said that every time they would try to surrender, then the Feds would escalate their tactics and then push them back in. Now I've heard some of that. There is because there's a whole line of thinking, and a lot of people think that this could have been averted, and that the Feds hold a lot of blame yeah for what ended up happening there i'm sure there probably was mistakes made i just don't know that it's as bad as they would like you to think you know in fact i think the strategy wasn't a bad idea janet reno had gone to the president and had pointed out a case similar to this not too long before that like the year before this where what they did was they just surrounded the building and waited them out and then the people come out peacefully because siege yeah i mean you don't have any supplies you don't have food you don't have water Hey, we're starving. We'll come out peacefully. And it worked. And it was beautiful. And nobody died. And now, where know, was that at? Do you remember? I can't remember. I thought I wrote it down, but I can't see well, it. Well, that's yet. all right, man. No problem. Anyway. So they're waiting them out, man. They're hoping, basically, that's called a siege, right? They're mm-hmm. Nothing in, nothing out. But I just wonder, you know, did you find anything? Or did the people that were inside, did they talk about Koresh and his mindset and his rhetoric was he ramping everybody up like yeah. for this battle yeah there's some videos you can watch on YouTube if you want to of uh, Koresh why, during this siege he wrote some He they did some final videos okay seems like I remember some of those yeah and you know it, it's just a lot of his rhetoric and kind of if you just want to see his side of it you know that's what you'll see right and uh, you don't know if he's full of crap or not you know it kind of seems like he's trying to it seems like it might be propaganda, you know what I right. mean, for his sure. side of things. Oh, I'm sure it was. He had little kids in it and stuff saying things that they obviously were told to say and stuff right. like that, you know. And the big bad feds are outside, mm-hmm. tanks. I mean, it escalated. I remember uh, as we as this goes on day after day, the tension's building, man, and one it's reason just I like have a hard, powder keg. Yeah, one reason I have a hard time putting blame on the feds is because I just have a hard time believing that he couldn't just walk out at any point with his hands on top of his head and end this whole thing. His hands in the air like he just didn't care. Yeah. But he cared too much. Apparently. And see, what ended up happening was when it was on its final day, the final day because of, you know, of what happened. Right. But anyway, they decided, let's get them out of here. It's been long enough, so let's gas the place. And so they had this big battering ram tank, battering ram tank. And the yeah, reason why that. they had that is they wanted to create a big old hole for people to run out of so they wouldn't be stuck inside. Right. So they created this huge hole in the man, side of the building. I remember that tank. I remember sitting there watching that and seeing this, and it was like, oh, my gosh, man. Yeah. I can't believe this. It's going down right here, yeah, right now, it's live. It's going down, yeah. And so they started shooting gas in there. 
about three hours after the gas, some flames broke out. The place yeah, was on fire. I remember that. See, now that they say the gas. You know, they say the gas is what caused the fire. But with the three hour delay, that's just hard for me to believe. You know what I mean? Right. And so, and later on, there was a ten month investigation into how the FBI handled this, and they were, you know, they were acquitted. They said, you know, everything looks good. And so, actually, the conclusion was that it was totally David Koresh's fault. You know, right? And that you know that, that depends on your trust man. in the government and all that right. stuff. Sure, I understand I that. that, but you know, it was quite a spectacle. But here's the thing. I couldn't believe it, man. I remember looking up, and all of a sudden, the place is engulfed in flames. That was the wildest thing. Yeah. Besides 9-11 that I've ever seen, like, live on TV happening from a news I, place. You know, personally, my opinion, I feel like the Branch Davidians started the fire. And here's why. There was a bunch of them found with gunshot wounds to the head, and one three-year-old found stabbed to death. Oh, my God. So there was a suicide that went on inside. So it's kind of like, you know, I feel like maybe they started the fire, committed suicide. It's over. That's terrible. They never man. planned on coming out. Right. You know, they were going to end it right there. Mm, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. So, other let's, interesting facts. Yeah, let's tighten a bow, Keith. Let's what tie we got? It up. Um, 2009, his mom actually was killed by her sister. Really? Yeah. What, does his mom ever say anything much about him? or what? what yeah, you can watch some videos, too. She kind of, she, you know, she's going to side with her son a little bit. They, right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, she kind of is part of the conspiracy theory on it was all the FBI's fault kind of thing, you know. I got you. But, uh, yeah, her sister was kind of crazy, and I think she was going to be taking her to the mental hospital to get rechecked in or something. And she, she wasn't going her. for that. She wasn't going for that. She stabbed her. So that's how she died. Um, so what about the at the end of the day, how many lost their lives in the... So there was, let's see... 76 of the Branch Davidians. I believe the total count was 81 between the agents and the Davidians and everybody. Hmm. That's sad. What a tragedy, man. Yeah, it's such a tragedy. It is. So only nine survivors. All right. And uh, those are the ones you can see given their side of the story. Now, some of them were charged with different things. You know, I bet they were. Which is why another reason why it's hard to believe what they say because it's like, you know, they're trying to not be in trouble for sure. the things they did. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Keith, that was not one of our more <laughs> jokey ones, I know, right? but it was quite interesting. It was interesting, yeah. And especially I, for I those of us who it. came up in the 90s. And, uh, you know, that's just one of those things. We know a lot about uh, Jim Jones and the Guyana tragedy. Yeah. Um, and we might do some know. more of those later. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm really interested in the Heaven's Gate thing. We might do that later. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that. That was interesting. That happened in, what, late 90s? Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, David Koresh, interesting character. Yeah. And if you want to know more about story. him, I'm sure we didn't cover everything. Oh, so, no. yeah, you can research that, look at some of those YouTube videos, and you'll find out a lot more about him. But just beware, it takes you to a dark place. Dark places. <laughs> well, let's... Uh, Get back out into the light and tell the people where they can get in touch with us. How about some doyouflumadiddle.com as well as uh, doyouflumadiddle at gmail.com. Look us up on Twitter. Look at, we, hadn't been hitting the, we hadn't been hitting the Twitters too much, but we have no, a pretty active really. Facebook page at doyouflumadiddle. Yep. And please go on your Apple Podcast app, iTunes, or whatever Android podcast app you use and give us a 53-star review. There you go. And most of all, on our Facebook page, find yep. out 
where the uh, Widow's Link thing is and give to the Widow's. Yeah, we've got a GoFundMe for Widow's Link. We've been talking about Marlene, and this is a help. We're taking up money to help fund the Widow's going on this yearly cruise thing. We've had several friends give. Yeah. So we appreciate yeah, those of you who have given. So support the widows, support a good cause, flum a diddle, and uh, have a blessed, beautiful day. God bless. Peace out. <laughs>